Um, I took on the challenge of preaching out of Hebrews, I believe, uh, sometime in like beginning of this year. And we've been kind of going through this book uh, for a while now. I took a break to preach on the Holy Spirit, but um, I'm back at um, preaching. We The last sermon that I preached out of Hebrews came from um, Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. And it was uh, the verse about faith, about, uh, you know, faith being a assurance, um, uh, uh, assurance of things hoped for and conviction of things unseen. And so I uh, really, um, that was, I feel like I preached that months ago, but, uh, we're kind of talking about faith and just the, the aspect of, of faith in our lives and how, um, it, it kind of, uh, builds us up and it kind of helps us to understand the way that God, um, sees like how he wants to interact with us and he wants to interact with us um, with an aspect of faith. And so um, uh, we're going to read, uh, I'm just going to kind of uh, read for you guys the remaining of chapter 11. Uh, my sermon today actually comes from chapter 12, but uh, in order for us to understand the beginning of chapter 12, we really have to read um, a lot of chapter 11. And so I'll read it to you guys <clears throat> starting from uh, verse four. Um, you know, the writer of Hebrews talks about faith um, is, you know, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of unseen. Um, you know, and then in verse four, he gives us this list of people in the Old Testament. Um, it's just like the they call this uh, this chapter the Hall of Fame of Faith. Right. And it's really is just uh, all of the people that um, just live by faith in the Old Testament and says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain through which he was commended as righteous. Uh, God commending him by accepting his gift, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up to taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended <clears throat> as having pleased God. And without faith faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet uh, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he, comm he, he commended the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was not to <clears throat> receive at. He was... Uh, to receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the, of the same promise. For he was uh, looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore there all these all died in faith not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having knowledge acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the land for people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But that, but as it is, they, des, they desire a better country, 
that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared for them a city. <clears throat> By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up this own, his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your, your offspring be named. He considered that God was was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, um, bowing in worship over the heads of, of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave direction concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater, a greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as, as seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land by the Egyptians, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jeph Jephthah, Jephthah of, of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of the weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering <clears throat> about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. All of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. And then this is a chapter, this is a part of our passage today that we're going to look Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Uh, There's a lot of reading that I just did. I was actually going to have you guys take turn reading it, but I thought it was going to take way too much time. So I just read it for you guys. But um, this this chapter 11 ends with this statement. It says, and all of these, though commended through their faith, 
did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Um, you know, these, he, the writer of Hebrews goes through this list of all of the people that are, uh, just, you know, he's saying that there's so much, so many more than just what's mentioned here, but so many of the people of the Old Testament, um, were just people of faith and they lived by faith, right? Um, and, and they're saying that their faith was real, but then they did not actually receive the true promise that came along with their faith, but that promise was actually left for us. So that through us, right, by us receiving the promise of what we are to receive through faith, they also um, w- were able to, you know, receive their promise. It says, um, looking, it says, uh, better for, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Right? And so um, there's this, you know, we're in Hebrews 12 now, and um, it says that, it, you know, there are, 13 chapters in the book, and this is like the tail end of Hebrews, but this is also actually my favorite part of the book of Hebrews. Um, what happens in chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13, um, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of theology and a lot of, uh, just uh, good stuff that's in here. Um, but what I, I can preach probably like 10 sermons out of chapter 11. Um, there's so many, you know, great references here, so many stories, um, um, so many, so much theology that's packed into this, but I just wanted to kind of talk about how, um, you know, our God wants people of God like us and, and the people of the Old Testament, all the people that are able to relate to God. He relates to us through faith. Right? He relates to us through this concept of faith of not knowing what's going to happen for sure, but trusting God and, and obeying God and walking out in our faith um, to receive the promise. And that's, we see that in so much of the Old Testament, this is the formula that God gives to his people. He's like, I'm not going to tell you what's going to happen, right? You, you look at Gideon, right? And you look at David and you look at so many of these instances. It's like, you're not going to know exactly what's going to happen. What, what you're going to have to do is to just trust in me, put your faith in me, and I will give you everything that, that you need. And, and I will provide every aspect. Just don't, don't fall away from me. Um, just keep your faith in me. You know, you see that. Uh, so with uh, the stories of Abraham and Noah and, 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 you know, Joseph, you know, so many of these stories of, of these men, uh, and women of God that, that needed to have faith and needed to trust in God. Um, and, you know, when we look, read chapter 12, the beginning of chapter 12, it says, uh, therefore we are, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race set before us, right? So the writer of Hebrew um, talks about this faith, right? Um, you know, not as something like tangible that we can kind of like hold on to, but he he writes it, he kind of gives us this metaphor for faith regarding a life of faith as a race. Um, and, 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 and we all know that races are not like momentary things. It's not something that we can't like take a race and put it in our pocket and hold on to it. Right. A race needs to be like endured. It needs to be like ran. It needs to be walked, whatever type of race it is, you know, whether you're uh, it's a walking race or if it's like a, you know, you know, just the speed walkers that walk really funny, uh, like a bike race. But whatever it is, there's a there's a start, there's a middle and there's a beginning. And it's something that we need to kind of it's a process that we go on. Right. It's a process where we kind of need to endure. Um, and. 
you know, it, it's, it's that in God, when he, when it comes to this type of faith and when it comes to this kind of, um, you know, how, how we can please him is he wants us to finish strong. He says, you know, he wants us to endure the race. God, God wants us to finish strong. He's like a dad, right? Um, you know, like when I see my kids, I want them to finish strong. When they, when they do something, I don't want to, them to just give up, right? There's times where, you know, when Ethan was really small and he would start something and he would want to just quit, you know, or, or, you know, you know, when I was young, um, you know, the, the, it was the other way, right? My, you know, I would start something and then my parents would be like, okay. And then I would want to quit and they're just like, I'll just quit, right? And so I never like, I became one of those people that um, started a bunch of things and never really finished. And later on in life, at the age of like 40, 44, I, I 45, I, I, the lesson, I started to learn this lesson this late in life that, you know, like, like God wants us to kind of endure and press through. Right. And, and, and there's value and there's a reward when we press through and when we endure. And, and we know this is that, you know, God wants us to uh, finish strong is because God tells us that there are rewards in heaven, right? How many of you guys know that there are rewards that are going to be in heaven? Matthew 5, 12 says, rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great, right? Um, and it's not like, you know, these days, everybody in America, like in a lot of places, I don't know about Korea, but in, in America, like when there's, they have these things called participation um, trophies, right? Where, it doesn't really matter who wins or who loses. As long as you participate, you get a medal, right? I didn't grow up like that. I grew up in a time where, you know, like only the winners, like the, you know, like only the winners got the reward, got the trophy, got the medal, right? And if you didn't win, you know, you got a big donut, you got nothing. But, um, God talks about these rewards in heaven. And, and this is the way that God kind of lays it out. It, like, you know, like it's not a, like a participation medal, right? God is like a proud dad. He's like, oh, you know, he, he'll, he'll look at people and he'll look at his children. He's like, oh, you know, you know, just look at like Molly or, or, or look at Charnel, look at Melvin. You know, they're like, they're enduring, they're pressing through, you know, they're facing difficult trials and they're facing hard, you know, harsh times, you know, and they're going, but they're continuing to press through. They're going, continuing to endure. They're co- continuing to have faith in me. Right. And then there is a reward for them. That is in heaven. There's a gonna be a reward waiting for them in heaven, right? And he he's like that proud dad. He's like, oh man, I can't wait till you know that that they finish this race strong, that they endure, they press through, and that I can give them this reward, right? And he knows that there will be obstacles and trials, and and that we may stumble and fall, but he wants us to get up and finish strong. And and it says, let us lay aside every weight. And sin which clings to us so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Right. Now, Philippians three it says, not not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I, I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind in straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. 
And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So there's this image um, that's found in the word of God that talks about the, the people of God, like forgetting what lies behind um, behind and striving and running and, and enduring this race that is set before us. And we look, keep our eyes focused on Jesus and we, and we are running and, and we're, we're pushing through. And, and at the end of it, there is a prize, right? It's, it's Jesus Christ, right? Our hope of glory. We get to see Jesus, the fullness of his glory. We get to see him in heaven, be face to face with him. But then there's also more. The Bible says that there's rewards waiting for us in heaven, right? And I don't know. Like, I don't know how, I feel like Mina's rewards are going to be more than mine. It's okay. You know, like, you know, I believe she has more faith than me. <laughs> My wife is a very faith-filled person, you know, and, and, and I, I feel like, you know, when we get to heaven, you know, it says in the Bible that there's, we're not going to be married in heaven, but I can maybe like, you know, borrow some reward from her or something, but you know, there will be a reward waiting for us when we get to heaven, you know, how we press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, you know, and how we endure makes all of the difference in our lives and makes all of the difference in how we finish the race, right? You know, it's not about just starting a race, but it's enduring and pressing through in how you finish the race, right? Now, I, I mentioned this too many times when I um, talk about, you know, like in races and stuff, and I'm sure you guys have gotten sick of it. But, you know, in 2010, no, 2011, I ran a marathon, a full marathon, 42 kilometers, right? But if I mentioned this to people and I say, oh, yeah, I ran a marathon. And then they're like, oh, you know, like how, how fast was your time? And, and I'll tell them, oh, you know, I really didn't finish. I, uh, I, I quit at the, the, you know, the 10 kilometer meter mark, right? Like that's not, that's not really saying that I ran a marathon, right? It, it, it what matters about, it's not about how you start the race, but it's how you endure and how you finish the race, right? And that's what God is looking for in our spiritual lives. He wants to see how we press through, how we endure. And how we finish this race. It is a process, right? So, you know, and some of you guys know that when you guys are running long distances, you know, you don't just run just as fast as you can from the beginning, right? You know, like we, we, as kids, we used to do that. I remember the first time our school told us to run a mile. I think it was like in middle school. And they told us we had to run a mile. And maybe it was elementary school. And I remember some of us, we just started, like, we were like, oh, I'm going to beat you. And we started running as fast as we can from the beginning. And at about, like, like 200 meters, we just, like, pooped out, right? We were just, like, you know, our tank trend dry, and we started walking, right? But there is a there is strategy, and there is training, and there is things that, re- that are required for long-distance running, long-distance race, right? You don't just start to run as fast as you can. You know, you might get a good workout doing that, but you're not going to be able to endure and you're not going to finish the race. There's pacing, there's breathing, there's training that you can do to build your stamina so that when you're, you know, hit that limit at about, you know, for me, it was at the 36 kilometer mark. And I just like, I just came to a standstill. I just stopped my bones, every bone in my body felt like there were like, you know, knives being jammed into them. And then I start to walk. I, I think I walked like a full kilometer until I kind of picked up my pace and I finished. Finished. But there's things that we can do to uh, kind of strengthen our muscles and strengthen our joints so that when you run this race, we can go the distance and our, and our joints will remain strong. 
Um, and in our spiritual lives, in our walk with Christ, there are things that we can do. There's things that will happen to us. And there are aspects of our lives that will help us to not just start this race, but to press and endure and to finish strong. And um, I'm going to spend some time on this passage for the next few weeks. We only have about two chapters left out of Hebrews. I feel like I'm going to be able to finish in, in, in the month of January. Um, but the first topic that I want to talk about uh, in this pressing through and enduring and finishing this race is in the area of testing. And it's in the area of testing of our faith. You know, James 1 verse 2 says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. So, you know, this is aspect of trials and, and enduring and, and testing, um, that, that testing of our faith that God wants to kind of produce in us. And testing is not fun. I don't know if any of you guys kind of enjoy testing. I'm in seminary now and, you know, I, I hate tests. <laughs> You know, like I, the anxiety and just like, you know, I don't like it. And I just, I'd rather just like write a, you know, write a summary of something and, and, you know, turn it into like a book report, but I really don't like tests. And, um, some of you guys may have been, you know, like, you know, very into school when you were young and you guys might have enjoyed tests, but I'm not one of those people. And most of us don't like tests, especially when it has to do with our faith, when it has to do with these, these trials and these struggles that we have in our lives, right? Uh, and if you are a believer, you should know and expect that God is going to test you. Right? I, I want all of you guys to know that if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right, God will test you. Right? Our, our, our main passage today comes from Hebrews 12. It starts, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, well, well those witnesses that he lists right, in chapter 11, um, these great people of God that had gone down in history as some of the greatest figures for the, for the, for the kingdom of God and the people of Israel, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Moses, David, right? These people, it says that by faith, they did all these in amazing things and they, they were able to kind of press through and finish and they all have something in common and it's that they were tested by God, right? They were all endured some kind of testing. They all endured some kind of trials right, throughout their lives. And it's because God tests his people. Even Jesus himself was tempted in the wilderness, right? He's a son of God come to earth and then he endures testing when he, he's on, he's on the earth. And some of these tests will come in the form of trial. Some of these tests will come in the form of difficulty or temptation or even both. But we have to understand that God tests his people. Right? It's just an aspect of the way that God deals with the people that he loves. Some of you guys are saying, God, you know, he doesn't, God doesn't tempt me, right? Well, that's the devil that is tempting me, right? But you have to understand that dev devil tempts, but God allows it. In the book of Job, right, Satan has to ask God for permission to act against Job, right? And God gives him permission. And we have to understand that, you know, whether it's the devil tempting us or, 
you know, like whatever the temptation might be, whatever trial it might be, is God allowing it in our lives for a reason. Right? There is a reason behind God testing his people. Um, you know, and God doesn't test us or allow, allow Satan to tempt us uh, as some elaborate scheme to mess with our heads. We feel like sometimes, you know, we, we give God human characteristics, right? You know, like there's people out there that are kind of, kind of, you know, like, kind of crazy and they, they like to like you know, mess with people and they like to kind of get into their heads and, 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 you know, like, you know, manipulate people. God doesn't test us um, as a scheme to like, you know, mess with us. God's not in heaven trying to give us a, a, a brain trip or a mind trip. Like, he doesn't, he's not up there. You know, like I had this teacher when growing up in, in middle school or I think it was high school, and he loved giving pop quizzes. And when he would say, oh, we're going to have a pop quiz today, you look at his eyes. I remember they had, he had this like, this look of like just, just enjoyment in his eyes when he, when he said that, like, oh, and then they, all, a lot of us, like we were caught off guard and we'd be like, oh, and then you look at him and you see this like sinister smile, like, oh, he was enjoying it. But that's not God, right? God is not like messed up like that. Our God, um, is not out to like, you know, trip us up or mess us up through his testing, right? And, and try to like, you know, get us to like fall and, and stumble and he's going to be up there laughing at us. But, you know, he, he gives us tests for a reason. He gives us tests to enlarge us. He gives us tests so that ultimately it'll make us stronger and wiser and have more faith, right? He, he, he doesn't like, you know, you might not enjoy what you're going through when you're being tested when it's happening. Like, you know, it all feels, it, it all feels really sucky. You know, like it, it, it sucks, right? Nobody like goes through tests and they're like, Oh yes. You know, like testing, you know, like I got fired from my job, you know, like, yes. And I feel, feel glad I'm being tested. No, whenever we get tested, everybody feels like crap. It, it doesn't feel good to be tested. Right. Just like when we used to get those pop quizzes, I'd be like, ah, you know, like I should have read that chapter. You know, I was I was holding it off to read it till like you know tomorrow, but I should have read it, you know. But nobody enjoys being tested, but God does it for a reason. And we start asking those questions, you know, like when we get tested, like why me? Why does why is God messing with me? Right? What did I do to deserve this? Right? Why is it always happening to me? Or when we start questioning, we start questioning God's character. Um, you know, is, is, we start thinking like, is God mad at me? You know, does he hate me? Um, does he want to punish me? Right. We, we've all kind of gone through that and, 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 and had that in our life. Um, we start questioning God's character. You know, we think like, is God mad at me? You know, does he hate me? And there are times when testing comes and, and we completely miss it. Right? Like I've, I've had this in my life where God, God is testing me, but my mind is just not in the right place. And I'm just like thinking about all these other things that I completely missed the test because our, of our perspective. Right. You know, whatever trials that we're going through, we just completely miss it. And it's not just about being tested, but it's how we respond and can in, in testing that makes all of the difference. Right. If I if I just forget, if I just, you know, like just just go through life numb and just like, you know, whatever. And God's trying to test me. And I just like, just let it just float, float over my head. And just like, I just, just like, oh, this isn't my lot in life. I'm just kind of, you know, like, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to learn the lessons that he has for me in the, in the, in those testings. 
um, our thinking and our feeling and our understanding, we're, we're just going to miss it, right? We're just going to, it's just going to completely go over our head. Um, and so we have to have the right perspective. We have to have the right mindset when it comes to testing. God's going to test us. And, and, and when it's happening, it, the faster that we understand that it's God testing us and it's God giving us discipline, the, the, the quicker we're going to be able to get past it. But not just that. The more of a lesson that we're going to learn um, in in the testing, right? And so, you know, we ask the question: Why does God test His people? Why does Why does God need to test His people? We, you know, and and we have to know some of these reasons, or um, we're just gonna it's, we're just gonna feel terrible right? <laughs> every time we have to go through a test. We're just gonna feel really bad. It's just going to feel like the world is like crumbling around us and we're not going to be able to experience the grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God and his goodness. Right. If, if we don't understand why God tests and, 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 and gives trials to his people. Right. We have to know that when life, when life, um, you know, gives you resistance, it's not just to push you backwards. Right. When God gives testing and there's resistance in your life, Right. It's not just to like make you go back four steps. That's what it feels like when it's happening. But it's, it's so that, you know, when the resistance comes, yeah, we might get pushed back a little, but what God wants to see in us is not, not only us resisting the resistance, but also pushing through. And, 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 and as we push through and we go against the resistance, we're going to build up the, the, the muscles, our spiritual muscles and our, our, the, the muscle of our faith. And we're going to be able to get past, you know, whatever it is that God places before us that he wants us to push and break through. Some of you guys are, are gym rats. You guys exercise a lot, right? And you guys, uh, you know, lift weights and you guys don't understand, like, you know, when you guys lift weights, if you just lift the bar, you know, you're like, you're never going to get strong. You're never going to get to a place where you're lifting more, but you have to put that resistance on you. And, and when that gets easy, like you put more weight on. And at first it feels like, ah, like I can't do this. I can't, I can't lift this. Right. You know, and then, and, but then you keep pushing, you keep enduring and you keep exercising and you get to the point where that gets light for you. Right. And this is what God wants to build up in us, you know, like, you know, some of us want to, we, you, you know, we want to have those. I, I go to the gym and I see these women, all they do are butt exercises. Right? I, I think I mentioned this before. And I said, all I see them is just like them doing, because they want their butts to be like a certain way. What well, that can only happen is, is if you continue to put resistance on that part of your body. Those guys that want to have those like huge biceps, it's, it's only happen when they continue to put more resistance on their muscles. And, and that's why God tests his people. He wants us to become stronger. He wants us to be able to endure and press through, not just so that we become stronger, but because there are assignments that he wants to give us in the future. And if we do not get to a place in our strength and in our faith and in our understanding of him and his character, we're never going to be able to fulfill those assignments. Right? Like it's pre-requisite. If you, if you want, if God wants you to go have this assignment, right? You have to also press through and endure through the season so that you are strong enough to be able to handle this assignment. Right? And God has amazing assignments for you. We're just not getting to them because every time there's resistance, we go back. 
we fall back five steps. We go back 20 pace, 20 steps. And, and, and we're never able to push through and, and resist and get to a place where we are strong enough to receive that assignment that God has for us. Um, and, and another reason that God uh, tests his people is that testing develops your sense of call, right? Testing develops your sense of calling, right? We all believe that God calls his people. He gives us a sense of calling. Um, calling is just a Christian fancy way of saying purpose, right? Right. There is a purpose why we are on this earth and we are doing what we are doing. Right? God's will is his purpose for our life. A lot of us, we think calling is just a career. Right. Like people think whenever they, they get into this one track mind where they think like, oh, if I find my career, I found my call. Right. So like if, if I'm, you know, like all the Korean moms want their kids to be doctors and lawyers. And, it, and according to a Korean parent, if you are a doctor, you have found your calling. If you're a lawyer, yeah, found your calling, right? Um, but calling is so much more than that, right? You can't just think of it as a career. What what job God wants us to have is just a small aspect of what our calling is and our purpose in life is, right? As we run this race, it's, it's a lot of times our job is just a means for us to, to fund or finance our callings, right? And what uh, the ways that God wants to manifest his presence in our lives to the people that are around us. So calling is so much more than just a job. It can, it can include your job, but God wants us to, to use us and in so many different ways. And, and, and that's just in, and there's so much more than just your career or your job, right? Apostle Paul was a tent maker, right? That was not his calling, right? Uh, he, he if that was his calling, then none of us would like really know about Jesus. There have been no very little churches started, you know, in, in, in Palestine, in that area throughout the world it, because Apostle Paul did not consider tent making his calling. Right? His calling was so much more than that. God gives us a sense of call in our lives to the purpose that he has for our lives at a certain time, at a certain location, at a certain age in your life. He calls us to himself for his purpose. Some of you guys are young. Some of you guys are in your 20s, right? It kind of freaks me out how young some of you guys are, right? But then right now, you guys are here in Korea. You guys are in your early 20s. You guys have a certain kind of job, and you guys are from a certain country, right? God has a specific calling and a purpose for you to be here at this hour for such a time as this. And God wants you to, God wants to use you in this time for his purpose, right? Not just so that you get a paycheck every month, but for the purpose for his kingdom, for him to be able to use you, for you, for you to help join God in advancing his kingdom. God wants us to live with a sense of calling in our lives so that to, to the many different things that he wants us to, to do and, and all of the relationships that God wants us to have. And let me tell you, God, God will test you in these areas of your calling, right? You know, you, you feel called to help certain people. You say you feel called to help the orphans. Well, like as, as you start to get into this, you know, like, Oh, I want to go into orphanage ministry and I want to start to help orphan, you know, then you, I guarantee there will be a test that comes that's going to make you either, you know, like 
make you want to drop that calling, right? Look at Moses, right? Moses is a great example. God tells him, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him, you know, like, let my people go, right? And then, and then he, he's like, well, I can't talk very well, God. And, and then he's like, well, you know, like, you know, I'll send you, you with your brother, Aaron, and, and, and I will be there for you. And if you throw the staff on the ground, turn into a snake, does all of these things. He equips Moses, makes him feel like, okay, now I can do this. And as soon as Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go, what does the Bible say that God did to Pharaoh's heart? He said, God hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? So why would God train up Moses? Why would he train him up and get him all like you know, hyped up and excited about getting his, his people free and when he's going to harden Pharaoh's heart? It's a testing. Right? God is testing Moses to see if he has what it takes to press through and endure. Right? And, and, and it gave him a sense of his calling. This happened many times. Many times where, where Moses would drop his, his calling. He'd be like, he said, go to the Israelite leaders of the Israelites and tell them, hey, we're going to go to Pharaoh and do this. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Right. And he's like, oh, I feel discouraged. But then it's, it's in these moments where the strength and the, and the resilience in Moses started to develop, where he got to the point where, where he was able to operate and move and, and speak and relate to Pharaoh in a way that was according to God's will and purpose in his life. Let me tell you, God will test you in your calling. Right. So many times, when, when the test comes, right, you know, a lot of times we wimp out and I've done this many times, right? I should have, I should have been in seminary like maybe like six, seven years ago. Right? I, I feel like I, if, I feel like, you know, and God would test me and I, I feel like there were certain things I, I did and I just kind of like wimped out. And it wasn't until recently where God, you know, kind of pushed me and, and he told me and, and then I, I said, all right, God, I'm just like, no matter what it takes, I'm going to do this. And I had it, I, it was this like, it was this, this firm, like set thing in my heart where I was like, I was going to do this no matter what. And once I had that, God just opened the door. He blew open the doors to just, to, to be able to, it was, it, it almost felt effortless when it happened. Right. But the, but the amazing thing is I had to have, have that conviction in my heart. And it came through years of testing. God tested me and I, I went out, but, but, you know, I, I, I would continue and he would test me again and he would try to build me up and encourage me. And I would get to the point where we're able to, I was able to push through and, and, and actually receive the promise that God had for me. A lot of times, you know, and this, I've done this. You know, we, we treat like testing and we want it to like be like that movie click. I don't know if you guys ever watched that movie. It's an Adam Sandler movie where he gets to fast forward. All of the like the, the bad, ugly parts of his life, the parts that he doesn't want to deal with, he just gets to fast forward, right? He gets to like move it past. We start doing that with the testings in our life. Whenever a test comes, we just want to click and fast forward. Let me get on to the next one. I want to get to the to the happy part. I want to get to the part where I get to like, you know, enjoy, you know, Jeju with my wife without the kids. Like, you know, like I just want to get to that part. I don't want to go go through all this. So I'm just gonna fast forward all of this testing. Right. And and, and when the testing comes, when the things get tough or circumstances don't go their way, a lot of people get disillusioned and they just avoid the test or they, they just kind of like, you know, lose their conviction and they move on to something else. And the testing and, and the enlarging that, the enlarging that comes from that testing kind of goes over their heads. You know, Abraham was a man of faith. Right? He's, he's a man of covenant, a man of promise. God, he makes him this promise. 
He says, like, you look at the stars and your, your offspring are going to be like the stars in the sky. Look at the, the dirt on the ground. Your offspring are going to be like the sands on the ground. It's like the dust on the earth is going to be your offspring. And thousands of generations and nations will be blessed through you. He calls him, right, makes his covenant with him. And then he tests him in his calling by giving him no children, right? If, if you tell somebody, say, hey, you're going to be the father of nations. And they're like, you know what, God, I had no kids. And then you know what God did? God like talked to him like early on and, and he said, Hey, I don't have any kids. And then he let, he let him kind of like remain in that place for 25 years, right? 25 years from when he got the promise. And then when Isaac actually came was, they say it was about 25 years for 25 years. Some of you guys are 25 years old for your lifetime. Abraham had this promise, right? But he still had no kids. Have you ever felt like that in, with the Lord in your life? He gives you a word. He gives you something like, you know, like that. He said, hey, I'm going to do this in your life, you know, and you feel this conviction. But he gives you something that's completely opposite of what's happening in your life. So God tests Abraham. He, he fails the first time. Instead of waiting on the Lord, Abraham um, goes with Hagar, Sarah's maidservant, and they give birth to Ishmael. And then finally, God gives him Isaac, right? You know, years later, and he's the son of promise. And, and, and God tests him again. He's like, Hey, take your son up to the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him. And, and that's a test. That's a, that's a hard test, right? That is a trial, right? But, but you know, as, as he gets this word, right? You know, and he, and he, what he does is he wakes up in the morning and he grabs Isaac and Isaac's like, Oh, dad, where are we going? Right. And he's like, you know, like, we're going to go up to the mountain and don't worry, just come with me. And he takes him up and Abraham was actually going to kill his son. He's going to sacrifice his son because in Abraham's heart and mind, he, I believe he felt like, you know, like it says in Hebrews 11, he's like, he, he felt like God had the power. He believed that God had the power to raise him even from the dead. Right? And he's like about to do it. And then God stops him. And that's when Abraham was established in his calling, right? But that that calling that he had to be the father of nations, right? And this understanding came through years of testing, came through years, not just like some of us, we wait on God for a year and we feel like, oh God, like when is it? This guy waited for like 25 years, right? 25 years he was waiting on the Lord and this promise from the Lord, right? And God will test us in our callings. And I, I believe that me and Mina, we've, We've been here in Busan for 10 years, right? We moved here January 1 or January 2 of 2012. We've been here for 10 years. And, and we feel have the specific calling to be in this city and to establish our roots in this city and to be a blessing and to pray for and, 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 and bring about revival in this city. But there's, there's been years where we, God tested us, right? And it was very difficult. It, sometimes I wanted to give up. There were times where I'd be like, man, I'm just, I'm just going to give up, right? I don't want, I don't want to do this anymore, right? It took years of this testing, but then the, our calling now is, I believe, stronger than it has ever been right? because of these years of God testing us and us pushing through and enduring, getting to the place where now we own our callings. It's, we have this sense of ownership to our call. And I believe that God, this is what God wants you in the callings of your life. However, God is calling you into your life. God will test you in your calling so that, so that you can, you can own it. 
that it can actually be yours. Like God's giving it to you, but he's like, hey, we want to really have this. I want you to endure through this, this testing and this, this, this struggle and this, these trials in your life. And so God will test us to strengthen our sense of calling. And also testing makes your faith come to life, right? Without testing, your faith is just a concept, right? It's like, um, I don't know, like, like Ethan's taking Taekwondo, right? And he, he can learn all of the Taekwondo things that, that he, he can do. And he can be like, he's almost, he's at a, he, I think he's like red belt with black stripe, right? Right. And he, I think he knows intellectually in his mind and even a little bit in his body about Taekwondo, but he like, it's still a concept for him, right? It's not going to be real until somebody actually like hits him or kicks him or punches him in his face and he needs to block and he needs to like, you know, you know, get, get away and fight back and do it. Like he's not going to realize that he actually really knows Taekwondo until he gets into those scenarios. And that's what testing is for our lives, right? Testing makes your faith from conceptual to reality. If you have no testing, faith is just conceptual. If you like to, to believe that God is good, that God is like, you know, that he loves us, that he is for us. These can be conceptual things in your head, but it becomes a reality when we go through struggles and and trials and testing in our life and all of a sudden we have to rely on god we have to be like god i need you i need you like god like i want to give up god this is hard and we go to god and god helps us to push through and he is there for us and 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 then now that we we grow in our faith faith no longer is a concept but it becomes a reality it becomes something tangible that we have experienced in our life saying that you have faith is easy and really meaning it is, is not that hard, but standing in your faith is a whole nother thing, right? To step out in faith is a whole nother thing. That's when it gets scary. Right? It's like when you go bungee jumping, right? There's one thing to look at from the bottom and say, Oh, I could do that. Right. It's like, oh, I could do that. You know, like, you know, when we went bungee jumping with the staff, you know, like, like a bunch of us, we like, I've done it before. So I didn't know, but like the other guys did it. And Susie, Pastor Susie, she'd never done it. And Susie, Susie was scared. She's like, oh, I'm not going to do this. But then like, you know, JP, they're like, oh, I can do that. You know, I can do that. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's one thing to like be at the bottom and say, like, I think that you can do it. It's a whole other thing to be standing at the edge and, and actually having to throw yourself off of the edge and, and falling, falling down. When we were up there, all those guys were scared. <laughs> Even JP and, and David Ha and we were, we were all kind of scared. We were freaked out, right? And, and, and that's the thing about faith is that it's, you know, like when, when we are tested in our faith, it, it, it no longer is something that we think that we can do. It, it becomes a reality. And then the more of these lessons and the more of these trials that we have under our belt, we're going to be able to look at certain things that come and we're like, Hey, I can, I can, I believe that God has strengthened me for, for a season like this. And we can be able to push through and endure. It's not going to be easy but we will be able to push through, right? I believe I'm experiencing this right now with my visa application, right? It's really hard for me to have faith, right? It, it, it's easier for me to, to go into it with pessimism, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys watched the new Spider-Man movie, but in the new Spider-Man movie, I, I, I took the kids last week and we were able to see it in the Spider-Man movie. Um, MJ, 
I forget her name is like Denzia or something. I forget what her name is, right? Um, she, she says she has this line, right? She says, uh, uh, always expect disappointment, then you can never be disappointed, right? And that's how I feel. I feel like, ah, oh, God, like God is telling me, like, have faith, right? Trust in me, right? Get your hopes up. And I'm thinking like, ah, oh, uh, it, you know, always expect disappointment, then I can never be disappointed. It's really hard for me to have faith. Like, I remember the first time I got rejected from my visa. It happened in like five minutes. Like, like that. Bam. Sorry, Mr. Lee. Goodbye. Right. It was, and so now it's hard for me to have faith. And, but, but God's saying like, yeah, hey, I want you to step out in faith. And, and this is your faith being tested. And he wants, he wants me to go into this knowing with, with, with like faith, knowing that God is going to be there for me, no matter what happens, that God is with me, that he is for me, that he, he's not going to let me down. And that's when you realize that your faith is real. That's when something that can, you know, like that can look like a huge obstacle all of a sudden, you know, like gets shrunk down to something that's manageable because God is with you. Right. And it's only when these, when we are tested in our faith and we overcome through our faith in God, the world starts to look less scary. Right. And that's when we're able to start to attempt things for God and do and step out in faith and do things for God, right? And circumstances don't seem so big. Not because we're so great, right? It's not because we're like, you know, stronger or, or like we're like so much wiser. It's because God, we know our faith tells us God is with us, right? When, when strength becomes stronger, it's not you becoming stronger. It's our understanding of God becoming stronger, right? It's like, we think like, oh, you know, when we do our testing, now I'm strong and I could do anything. No, when you are tested in your faith, it's not you becoming any more better than you were before the testing. It's just that your concept and your understanding and your and your and your relationship with God and how you see God has become that much stronger. It's because testing, right, and and testing of your faith and trials and 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 struggles in your life will help us to to make that faith a reality in our life. Right? It, it becomes a reality. It becomes so much more than just, just words. And lastly, testing makes us run to God. When you, like, you, you know what happens when you respond to God te- through testing well. Like when God tests you and you actually, like a, a, a good response to it, of, of his testing isn't to like, you know, like be like, you know, like I'm, I'm captain, whatever. I can do anything. The best response to testing is for you to run to God. You run to God. You realize that you need him so much and you go to him in prayer. You go to him in the word. You're like, God, I need you. I need you to strengthen me. Without you, I can't go through this. Right. And, 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 and you, 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 you run to him and you experience his goodness and his grace. Even when you mess up, you fall, you, you, you're, you fail the test. If your heart is repentant and it, it makes you run to God, right? And that, that's, that was a difference between Saul and David. Saul messed up and he tried to justify himself, right? He's like, ah, oh, well, like Samuel, you didn't show up in time. Like, you know, like, you know, but then when death, when David, he, 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 he messed up. There was a testing. He saw this like fine girl at, at the well, you know, and, 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 you know, she, she's like, you know, like, who's that girl over there? Right. You know, and, 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 it's like, well, that's, that's the wife of Uriah, right? And, and, 
he's like, oh, like send Uriah to the front line, and you know, and I want I want you to take him to the the, the most dangerous part of the fighting, right? I want you to take Uriah there, and he he's killed, and then he takes his wife to be his own, right? And then when this happens, Nathan, um, the prophet, approaches David, and is like, like, like he gives him this like this this parable story, um, about this man and this this sheep that he has. I don't know, you guys all heard this story, and. David's like, oh, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And then Nathan's like, that's you, right? You have done this. This is what you did to Uriah. And David, he's like, you know, like he could have responded like, hey, man, don't you know I'm the king? Don't you know I'm the man, right? You know, like, you know, like how, how dare you speak to me like this? But we see David in Psalm 51. Is, he's like, have, have mercy on me, oh God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant Mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, right? It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. He's like, God, like when he messed up, when he, when he failed the test, he goes to God and he, he runs to him. He's like, cast me not away from your presence, right? Like, I still want to be in your presence. Like, take, don't take your spirit from me, right? You know, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Help me to understand, like, the joy of being in relationship with you. you know? And he runs to God. There's going to be trials and there's going to be difficulties and testing and temptations in your lives. And sometimes we're going to pass. And sometimes we're going to fail. But ultimately, God's purpose for our testing is for us to run to him. For us to know that we we need him and that he is there for us and we can connect with him. And we realize how if God is for us, right, who can be against us? If God is with me, right, there's nothing that I cannot do. Right? All things are possible with God. Right? Because the testing is a sign of God's relationship. You know, in verse three of the passage in verse chapter 12 of Hebrews, we read the uh, ch- verse one and two. Verse three says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when he reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son who he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is testing you as sons. So for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegit- illegitimate children and not sons. Right? What this passage tells me is that, hey, God disciplines the ones he loves, but testing and trials tells us that we are sons of God, that we are in relationship with God. Right? Testing and trial. I don't think people would think of it in this way enough. right? We don't see testing and trial in this way, but testing and trials in our lives tells us that we are in relationship, that we are sons of God. It says, it says, if you are left without discipline in which you, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons, right? 
is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. And what I want to tell you today is don't despise the times of your testing. Right? Don't try to skip over it. Don't try to fast forward it. Right? God is trying to produce in you a sense of call and a sense of steadfastness, a, a, a faith, so that you can be faithful to all of the details and the assignments that he gives you in your life so that you can endure and finish this race strong. Um, you know, whatever you are going through, and I was going to break you guys off, but I feel like my sermon was just a little too long today. So I'm just going to let you guys go after the benediction and the prayer. But I want you guys to, and maybe you guys, some of you guys can talk about this in your small groups that when you guys meet up, but I want you guys to kind of talk about like, what are the struggles and what are the trials that God has you in? If it is that for discipline that you, you have to endure that God is testing you as sons, right? You have to understand what are the, the, what are the testing and what are the struggles and what are the lessons that God is trying to draw out of you in these seasons of, of, of testing in your life? Is God testing you? Are you in a season of testing in your life? And if you are, the faster you recognize it, the faster you run to God, right? the more of a lesson and, and stronger and more faith you're going to have to endure and to press through and for, the, for that next assignment that God has for you in your life so that you can endure and finish this race strong. That's the heart of God. I want to close for us in prayer. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray for every single person that is here today um, that is the, that is joining us on Zoom. Lord, whatever season of testing, whatever season of trials that they might be enduring at this hour, Lord, we just pray that they will be able to have clarity at this hour. I pray for clarity to, to be able to perceive their circumstances through the eyes of faith and not through the eyes of defeat and, 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 and lost, Lord, may they be able to see their circumstances. May they be able to see the trials and the struggles through the eyes of faith that they may be able to recognize it as testing. And as they recognize it as testing, Lord, may you be able to strengthen them in their faith. May they grow. May they excel. May they be enlarged. I pray for an enlargement, an, an enlargement of their spirit, man. Lord, that the, 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 the their, your presence within their hearts will enlarge and grow so that they will be able to attempt greater things for you, that they will be able to, 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 to receive the next assignments that you have for their lives, Lord, so that they can walk in the fullness of the purpose and the plans that you have for them. Help us to not despise our testing, God, but help us to be able to recognize, endure, and finish strong the race that is set before us. Lord, we thank you. We bless you.